0: I trust in you. Greetings, Saints. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, we come to you today, ask for your mercy and your grace upon us, upon our understanding, upon having the heart of God in what we speak on today. We ask, Lord, that you draw us unto yourself, Lord, and, and just fill us with your Spirit and your love for your body, your people, and how you want to meet their every need. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to talk to you about being stewards of all and owners of nothing. A recurring theme in our morning verses, in our morning prayer meeting that we've received for the last days has been stewardship, which is building the house of the Lord which is the people in whom the Lord lives, not a building. And uh, this includes meeting their physical and spiritual needs. As stewards of the Lord's money and things, we're, we're all responsible to do this. Luke 14 and 33 says, So therefore, whosoever he be of you that renounceth not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. Well, you notice here that we're stewards of 100% of what belongs to the Lord, and we're not owners. In the Old Testament, this was people who tithed. There's no place in the New Testament we're commanded to tithe. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for tithing anise and cumin and, and left undone the weightier matters of the law. He said tithing was of the law, notice. Okay? So we're not uh, owners who tithe 10% and own 90%. In the New Testament, this would make us thieves if we went back under the old covenant tithe and didn't renounce ownership of everything else. 100% belongs to the Lord, and He gets uh, to tell us individually what He wants done with it. And He has done a very good job in the Scriptures. 1 John 3 and 17, But whoso hath the world's goods, and beholdeth his brother in need, and shutteth up his compassion from him, how doth the love of God abide in him? Of course, we need the love of God because that's who the bride is, right? The bride is about to be chosen and it's going to be people who love God's people and people who are generous and loving and want to meet the needs of God's people. Some demonstrate this love and some don't. And I'm not saying all this to, to benefit me because uh, the Lord supplies my needs and uh, I'm very content, uh, which enables me to give to the needs of others. And I, I've never uh, taken a collection for me. I do not receive money from UBM. So I do not gain from what I'm saying to you today from any free will offerings that are sent into UBM, they benefit the body of Christ. And uh, I do get to see the gospel go forth, and I'm very happy about that. So there, that's a benefit, I guess you'd say. But uh, there's no motivation, and everybody that knows me knows that I don't preach gimme sermons, and I don't believe in them, and I didn't see anybody do it in the Bible either. But it is for you and your sake that I share these verses with you today. The early disciples never took collections either for themselves, for other people, and other people needs but not for themselves. And they didn't preach these gimme sermons because they had faith with contentment. We were given by faith at random some verses in our morning prayer meetings in just a few days, which made me to know that the Lord wanted me to share on stewardship. And, um, and we've gotten these verses and others before. I'm going to add quite a few of my own verses here. But here's one of the morning verses that we received, Second Chronicles 24 and 4. And it came to pass after this that Joash was minded to restore the house of the Lord. Well, folks, we really need to restore the original house of the Lord. You can't do that unless you return to the original word of the Lord. And he gathered together the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out unto the cities of Judah, and gather all of all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year, and see that you hasten the matter. Howbeit, the Levites hastened it not. So the priests were not doing their job to rebuild the kingdom. There's a lot of stuff out there, folks, that's not the kingdom of God. It's just men's ego, men's kingdoms. It's all built the way they want because they use their own words and not the words of the Bible. And so that needs to be departed from. And especially those that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. From such turn away, we're told. Verse 6, And the king called for Jehoiada the chief and said unto him, Why hast thou not required of the Levites to bring in out of Judah and out of Jerusalem the tax of Moses, uh, the servant of the Lord? and of the assembly of Israel for the tent of the testimony. Well, the tent of the testimony was the house of God at that time, right? And uh, it is to benefit the house of God, not a building, not a particular ministry that doesn't really see to the needs of God's people, but to their own needs, okay? And I'm going to start here, that was my morning verse that we received, but I'm going to Put some verses with this. Uh, Second Corinthians 8 and 1 through 15. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God which hath been given in the churches of Macedonia, how that in much proof of affliction and the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. In other words, they were very gracious and giving people even though they lived in poverty. Forced poverty is a curse, of course, but free will offering of one's life to deny oneself is not a curse. So that's a blessing. I mean, Jesus lived in what most people would call poverty, and so did his disciples, you know, but they did it as a sacrifice unto God. For according to their power, I bear witness, yea, beyond their power, they gave of their own accord. Beyond their power. They had to have the power of God, beseeching us with much entreaty in regard of this grace and the fellowship in the ministering to the saints. And this, not as we had hoped, but first they gave their own selves to the Lord. Of course, if we don't give ourselves to the Lord, we won't be able to do what the Lord wants. It's the Lord in us that does it, and to us through the will of God, insomuch that we exhorted Titus that as he made a beginning before, so he would also complete in you this grace also, this grace of meeting the needs of the brethren or the house of God. But as you abound in everything, in faith, utterance, knowledge, and in all earnestness, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Amen. The command still goes out. I speak not by way of commandment, but as uh, proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity also of your love. In other words, prove your love. Love has actions. Love is sacrificial. Love is patient, and and on and on. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might become rich. Oh, glory to God, you know. And herein I give my judgment, for this is expedient for you. In other words, follow in his steps. Sacrifice your life. Meet the needs of the brethren, who were the first to make a beginning a year ago, not only to do, but also to will. But now complete the doing also. See, some people say it's okay as long as you're willing. No, no. Faith without works is dead, right? Now complete the doing also, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be the completion also out of your ability. Oh, praise the Lord. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according as a man hath, not according as he hath not. In other words, you can't give more than you got. And, you know, it's um, it's out of your ability, right? But it's even beyond your power, as he said. For I say not this that others may be eased and ye distressed. That's not the point, is it? But by equality, your abundance being a supply at this present time of their want, so that their abundance also may become a supply for your want, that there may be equality. God loves equality. As it is written, He that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. Yep, they all went out there, gathered up the manna, filled up their omer, raked the top off for somebody else. And, um, you know, that was it. There was equality. So it's equality that God wants among the body. Meaning that everyone has their needs met. Not not that everybody has a Cadillac, but that everybody has their needs met, right? And uh, Because it's the it's the need of getting you here and there. That vehicles are for, and and to keep the rain off your head, which is what houses are for, and and these things, okay? And by the way, the poor need to give as much as the rich need to give, because it's multiplied back, as Jesus said. And, you know, Jesus said the, the widow who gave the two mites gave more than all the rich Pharisees, because she gave out of her need. And I tell you, She received a great reward. Mark 12 and 41 uh, through 44 says, And he sat down over against the treasury and beheld how the multitude cast money into the treasury. Well, now, the treasury was in the temple of God's people, the temple that represents God's people, not a building and a, a ministry that does not meet the spiritual and physical needs of God's people. Okay? And many that were rich cast in much. Now, that's not bad. That's good. Okay. It's not the best. <laughs> it's good. Um, and there came a poor widow, and she cast in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, this poor widow Cast in more than all they that are casting into the treasury. Wow. (laughs) For they all did cast it in of their superfluity. In other words, their overabundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had. I can tell you that she went away getting her needs met. I can guarantee you that because that's the word of God. She cast in all that she had, even all of her living. Well, here's something you need to notice here, and that is that it is not how much you give to meet the needs of God's people, but how much you have left that counts. Notice that. Hmm. What he calls much, it has to do with what you have left. And what he calls more than all the rich Pharisees put in has to do with how much she had left. All right. Okay. Okay. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, an awesome group of promises here that we should pay attention to. It's not like you're going to go into poverty if you give and give and give. You'll just get and get and get. It's clear. This is what God says. In fact, some people stay poor all their life because they don't give. They don't consider that they have enough to give. Well, you don't can't possibly do that and get away with it. Second Corinthians 9, 6, But this I say, He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. So stay in poverty. You'll always be in need to other people. You, you know, you'll always stay in poverty. But he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. This is also different for each person because every person has a different amount of income, right? Let each man do according as he has purposed in his heart In other words, you're not under law here. This is a proof of your love, right? You're not under law, but it's to your benefit that you do this, (laughs) okay? Let each man do according as he hath purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. So you're not under the law anymore. You're still, you're especially not under the law to tithe, because now you have to renounce it all. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Be happy about what you're able to give to people and their needs. And God is able to make all grace abound unto you. Oh my goodness, look at that. Is that a promise or what? All grace abound unto you. All unmerited favor. Okay. That you having always all sufficiency in everything. There's another one. Wow! All sufficiency in everything may abound unto every good work. Well, there's a bunch of promises in there, isn't there? And I tell you, we all need that. As it is written, He has scattered abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness abideth forever. Notice, God gives righteousness to the person who meets the needs of of God's people and he that supplies seed to the sower notice notice it's not seed to the keeper like the prosperity movement where they need uh, three four five airplanes and things like that big fancy buildings he that supplies seed to the sower and bread for food shall supply and multiply your seed for sowing. So he gives you more to sow so that you can reap more, so that you can be just a channel through whom God blesses people. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. Notice he promises righteousness for this. Oh, praise God. You being enriched in everything unto all liberality, which... This is not the kind of liberality we get in government. This is a liberality we have in giving, you know, okay, in meeting needs. Which worketh through us thanksgiving to God. Yes, everybody thanks God for their needs met, the miracles they receive through this. It's a blessing. And they keep on, you know, bragging on what God did for them. That's awesome. And the ministration of this service not only filleth up the measure of the wants of the saints, but aboundeth also through many thanksgivings unto God. There it is. Seeing that through the proving of you by this ministration, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession unto the gospel of Christ, and for the liberality of your contribution unto them and unto all. Notice it's unto them, it's unto people, it's not fancy buildings and all these things that people want to for their you know to pump up their ego. You know, it's a practicality, you know. Now here's another morning verse text that we received Luke sixteen one through fifteen. And he said also unto the disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. The same was accused unto him that he was wasting his goods. Well, now that's that's a big deal out there. There's lots of it, right? Like the guy with the talent who hid it in the earth, right? And he called him and said unto him, what is, what is this that I hear of thee? Render the account of thy stewardship, for thou canst be no longer steward. And the steward said within himself, What shall I do, seeing that my Lord taketh away the stewardship from me? I have not strength to dig and to beg. I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses because we will. I mean, this is he's using an evil man's parable here for us, but we also will be giving up our stewardship one day and calling to him. Each one of his Lord's debtors, he said to the first, "'How much owest thou to my Lord?' And he said, "'A hundred measures of oil.' And he said unto him, "'Take thy bond, sit down quickly, and write fifty.' Then said he to another, "'How much owest thou?' And he said, "'A hundred measures of wheat.' And he saith unto him, "'Take thy bond, write fourscore.' And his Lord commended the unrighteous steward, because he had done wisely." For that the sons of this world are for their own generation wiser than the sons of the light. Meaning, of course, the righteous are not learning a lesson here. Listen to what the lesson actually is. It's not be bad and, and cheat your <laughs> your the owner. You know, no, here's the lesson. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends by means of the mammon of unrighteousness. Well, who's our friend? Yeah, that's right, your brothers, your sisters, they're your friends. You can't really trust the world. But he says, use your money to make these kind of friends, that when it shall fail, that is the money, and it will, they may receive you into eternal tabernacles. In other words, make use your money to bring in the lost, so that one day you can visit them in their eternal tabernacle. Uh, he that is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. He that's unrighteous in a very little is unrighteous also in much. The Lord tested me with a major test one time, but it enabled me to be ready for a much bigger blessing. I had to give to a person that was totally unworthy but understanding what the scriptures had to say, if they take this away, you give them that. I, I finally just decided well this is what I have to do, so I did, and then the Lord gave me a promise that was way bigger than the one I had. Tremendous thing. One day I'll probably tell you about this. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. Who will commit to your trust the true riches? Yes, these are not true riches we're dealing with down here. This is not much worth nothing, you know. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, uh uh-oh, notice, it's not yours. It's not yours. If you've not been faithful in that which is another's, in other words, stewards are not owners. They just handle their Lord's money and things, right? Who will give you that which is your own? Well, of course, in heaven, we are joint heirs of all things. We inherit it all. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Uh, And we're owners there, joint heirs with Christ. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, that is the money, and despise the other. If you hold to the one, what he's saying is, you despise the other. That's the Lord. If you hold to the one, you're despising the Lord. He has children he wants you to take care of. And if you do that, he'll give you more children because he multiplies your seed for <laughs> Right? You cannot serve God and mammon. Yeah, if you're serving that mammon, you're going to be stingy with the Lord and stingy with his people. And he's going to be stingy with you. Right? Because with whatever measure you mete it out, it'll be measured back to you. Right? And the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they scoffed at him. And they do it today, too. But you're just reading what the Lord has to say here, right? It's, it's what the Lord says. And he said unto them, You are they that justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God, and it's in Christianity too, saints. That which is exalted among these Pharisees is still an abomination to God. I think I recounted one day how there were two churches built in my area many years ago. One of them was built for two and a half million and one and one of them was built for something like, I believe, $12 million. The two million dollar one was actually, uh, more functional. Very comfortable. Everything was needed. It was a metal building on the outside. It didn't have all the glory and stuff like that, but it met the needs. Now think what you could do with that much money to help God's people. That's why I say it's a sin to do stuff like that. Ecclesiastes 5 and 10 says, He that loveth silver, "...shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase." This also is vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. Notice that. When there's goods increase, guess what? Some people can't sit on it, while others do without. There's an increase also of the people that have the need." And what advantage is there to the owner thereof, an owner, notice, save the beholding of them with his eyes? Oh, look what I got. Come, let me show you my treasures. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, but he eat little or much, whether he eat little or much, but the fullness of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is a grievous evil which I have seen under the sun. A grievous evil. Namely, riches kept by the owner thereof to his hurt. Mm -hmm. And those riches perish by evil adventure. And of course they will. And if he hath gotten a son, there is nothing in his hand. And he came forth as he came forth from his mother's womb. Naked he shall go again. As he came, and shall take nothing for his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. So there's no fruit born there, right? Okay, I'm going to share another of our morning verses here with you. Haggai 1 and 8, and I'm going to share 2 through 11. 1 and 8 is the verse where he talks about, You go and you build the house of God, and he'll take pleasure in it, right? So I'm going to start in verse 2. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, It's not the time for us to come, the time for the Lord's house to be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it a time for you to, yourselves to dwell in your sealed housings, houses, while this house lieth waste? Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Oh my goodness, that's the curse on a person that hasn't learned how to give how to meet the needs of others, how to give out of their own need so that their needs are met. Because when you give out of your own need to others, your needs are met. And thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, says the Lord. That's the verse right there. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why? says the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that lieth waste, while you run every man to his own house. And who is the house of the Lord, according to Paul? We are. Therefore, for your sake, the heavens shall withhold the dew, and the earth withholdeth its fruit. And I call for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the grain, and upon the new wine and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. What a curse! All because they're not meeting the needs of God's house. Amen? I tell you, folks, learn this lesson. This is a way to abundance. Give, and it'll be given unto you good measures, Press down, shake, and together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. On a way to abundance. Get used to doing it. Do it till you like it. Give. Because the Lord said in Luke 6. 35 through 38. But love your enemies and do them good. And lend never despairing. Never despairing. And your reward shall be great. And you shall be sons of the most high. Sons. In other words, this is a way to sonship. There's nobody that is stingy. That's a son of God. There's nobody that doesn't meet the needs of the people around them That's a son of God. You shall be sons. Remember, we we've talked about the difference between children and sons, right? hmm We are the world's waiting for the manifestation of sons of God, right? That's what the world needs. You shall be sons of the Most High, for he is kind towards the unthankful and evil. Yeah, so don't don't be a judge. I mean, people need to grow up. They need to live long enough to grow up. <laughs> so, so make sure that you take care of them. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Yeah, having mercy is, is giving people what they don't deserve. And judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Release, and you shall be released. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall they give into your bosom. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Okay, so if you give abundantly, you will receive back abundantly. You'll receive it multiplied here, according to this text, multiplied back abundantly. Isn't that awesome? Oh, praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Father, teach your children, Lord, um, to give like you do. (laughs) And uh, we praise you for it. Matthew 6 and 19 says... Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break through and steal. Do you know about the money system in this world, how the thieves have broken through and they're stealing? Yeah, so don't count on their system to see to your future. See to God's economy for your future. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven because you can do this. There is a bank that these guys can't get in and you can draw, make a withdrawal on it any time you want to. But if you don't put it in there, you can't withdraw on it. Okay. Where neither moth nor rust doth consume and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Yes, they can't get into your heavenly bank. Only you can get into that one. But you got to put it there. For where thy treasure is, there will thy heart be also. So if you're hoarding up and you have all your faith in what you have down here on earth, your heart is on this. Your heart is not on the Lord. Your trust is not in the Lord. Right? In fact, I'll prove that to you here in this text. It says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single thy whole body shall be full of light. So put your eye on the word of God, on what you have according to the word, and how God will meet your needs, and how he wants you to live towards others, and love towards others, right? But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is the darkness! No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, that's the money, the mammon, and despise the other, that's God. That's what the Lord is saying. If you hold to it, you hoard it, you are despising God. You are not being a disciple because you haven't renounced your ownership yet. Right. Do I do I say that because of that you have to give it all away? No, you have to give it all into the hands of God and let Him tell you what to do with it. It's that simple. You cannot serve God and Mammon. What is this Mammon? Well, the common Aramaic word for riches is Mammon, and it's derived from the Hebrew word for treasure. And that comes from memonas, which means confidence, that which is trusted in. Oh, my goodness. So it's not necessarily just money either, but it's what you have your confidence in. It could be gold. It could be silver. It could be, you know, um, uh, properties, um, whatever you're storing up your treasure in and you have your confidence in, that's your Mammon, right? So we must repent. We must please God. Also, Luke 12 and 28 through 34. But if God doth so clothe the grass in the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more shall he clothe you, O ye of little faith? People want to make sure that they're going to be provided for and their trust is in, yes, their mammon, to take care of themselves. But they don't have faith. And uh, didn't God choose the poor to the world to be rich in faith? Yeah, because they know they don't have to pack it with them everywhere they go. They know God will be there to supply their every need according to His riches and glory. All right? And seek not ye... What you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. This is a doubtful mind. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink, you know? For all these things doth the nations of the world seek after. But your father knoweth that you have need of these things. Seek ye his kingdom, and these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Give you the kingdom. Sell that which you have, and give alms. Make for yourselves purses which wax not old. In other words, don't store up your money for long periods of time, right? A treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief draweth near, neither moth destroyeth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hmm. So it's a dangerous thing to count on the things of the world and men of the world and their schemes. And of course, the hierarchy out there in the economic world—they're just just there to cheat you, and they've got an ultimate plan to do that. <laughs> so if you're playing their game, listen, you know know—they're going to beat you at it. God says, uh, get into His economy. Luke 12 and 16 says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he reasoned within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have not where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater. And there will I bestow all my grain and my goods. So I'm going to store up my treasures on earth so in the future I'll be in a a good place. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, I remember back um, when things were leading up to Y2K how people stored up you know, whole rooms full of food and stuff like that. And when they heard me preaching and teaching uh, on these things and how, you know, God's not going to favor that and th- that it'll be stolen and they'll people will look for people that do that to steal it from them and maybe kill them in the, in the process. You know, a lot of them went to look at their stores and they found that, yeah, the thieves had broken through and were stealing There were all kinds of little critters feeding on their food. (laughs) And they had to throw it away. But God said unto him, Thou foolish one, this night is thy soul required of thee. Uh, Well, let me say, it does actually says, this night they require thy soul of thee. What is that? These things that he had stored up. They require thy soul of thee. And the things which thou hast prepared, whose shall they be? Yeah, who's going to get that while you're gone? Who's going to eat all that which cost you your life and you're gone and you're not in the kingdom? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So he's saying if you're laying up treasure for yourself, you're not rich towards God. Wouldn't you rather be rich towards God? Wouldn't you have to have your needs met wherever you go? Amen? Luke 18 and 22. And when Jesus heard it, he said unto him, One thing thou lackest yet, sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. There's treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. You know, grain was stored up under Joseph for the coming seven years of famine, which we call the tribulation. Joseph was the greatest type of Jesus who was sold by his brethren into bondage and preached to the spirits in prison and came out to rule the world. So we can store up under Jesus in heaven uh, by meeting the needs of others and when we need have a need, our need will be met. That's what he says. And it can't be stolen. But when he heard these things, he became exceedingly sorrowful, for he was very rich. And Jesus seeing him said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of God? It's where their heart is, you see. For it's easier for a camel to enter in through the needle's eye Then for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Well, we know about the needle's eye. The Pharisees made it a doorway, (laughs) you know. But uh, no, that wasn't what he was saying at all. He says, very hard. Uh, Impossible, actually, for a camel to go through a needle's eye. That needle's eye. Uh, For a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, well, then who can be saved? He said, things which are impossible with men are possible with God. How does God save men? He changes them. Anybody that's not willing to change cannot be saved. You have to be willing to change. Luke 16 and 19. I think I'll read through 31. Now there was a certain rich man, and he was clothed in purple and fine linen, faring sumptuously every day. And a certain beggar named Lazarus was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Yea, even the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died. And that he was carried away by the angels into Abraham's bosom, which was the good side of Hades, of Sheol, you know. And uh, not Hades, but Sheol, which is the place of the dead. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, Hades is the bad side of Sheol, the dead, right, at that time, being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. (laughs) And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember, listen now, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. In other words, you can either have them there or you can have them here (laughs) forever. You know, sometimes we're called to give up something that we can't keep in order to get something that we can't lose. Remember, thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now here he is comforted, and thou art in anguish. Well, you know, I know people just pass right over this, and they don't really fear God. They just pass right over this like it's nothing. Look at what he's saying. Look at the life that Jesus and his disciples gave us an example of. Look at that life. And they were happy. There's no happiness in riches and things. Look at the people that have won lottoes. for goodness sake. Look how long it takes for them to be destroyed and how they're never happy. And now they're, they're even worse off. It's just an opportunity to live after the lusts of the flesh and lose your life. Look how happy the disciples were. They gave as they went everywhere. And because they gave, it was given unto them. They became a channel for God's goodness to people. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to be blessed in this way. Verse 26. And besides all this, between between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed that they that would pass from hence to you may not be able, and that none may cross over from thence to us. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham saith, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. In other words, they got the word of God, let them hear the word of God. Notice, he is speaking to us. Look how important this text is. He is speaking to us. They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. I'm not sending them somebody from the dead that they're going to listen to. (laughs) Because he did send somebody from the dead, and they wouldn't listen. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one go unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if one rise from the dead. And he did. And he did. What we have to do is hear the word of God. We have to hear what it says, not because somebody else is doing it or not doing it. We have to hear what he says in the word of God. We're going to be held responsible for what we hear in the word of God. And those that do will bear much fruit and he will give them that which is their own. But if you're not faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? What you have is not yours. Nothing that you have that you consider yours is yours. It's God's. We are now stewards. It never calls us owners in the New Testament. These people are liars. When they put you under the tithe to bring money to them, they have to put you under the law to bring money to them because God would not work it in your heart to give to them. And they know that. So they put you under the law, which is under a curse, because it's a totally different relationship with God. Come out from under the law, which is come out from under the curse. Uh, He wants a cheerful giver, not of necessity. They preach necessity all the time. You must do this or else. They say, if you don't do this, you're going to be cursed. But actually, if you do do that, you are cursed. Unless you've just done it in your ignorance, and then as soon as you found out what the Bible really said, you began to follow the Bible, like a lot of people do. They're not staying in one spot. They're not stagnant. They're running after God, like I was. When I first, uh, you know, um, started... Well, uh, when I first went to a church that, that taught tithing, and I, I said, well, if God likes 10%, I'm going to give him better. I'm going to do 20. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. Uh, by the way, uh, along with that, I, I sold almost everything I had, all my uh, toys and things. I just sold them all. I didn't have time to do anything but read the Bible anyway. So I just sold them all and uh, gave it to God. So it was far above 20%. But then the Lord taught me that, no, you're still a Pharisee because you're under a law that you made for yourself. So as soon as I gained understanding about that, I went right into listening to the Holy Spirit because you've been given the Holy Spirit to show you what God wants you to do with what belongs to him, you see. So I began to listen to the Holy Spirit and come out from under any laws I made for myself as well as any laws that man would put upon me, bringing me under a covenant that does not exist anymore in order to break my covenant that does exist. Amen? Oh, Father, thank you so much. We ask, Lord, that you put it in our hearts, Lord, to to be uh, full of love for the brethren, Wanting to meet their needs, Lord. And in so doing, as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto us. Everything that we need will be added unto us. And it's not like we even have to pack it with us in a great big uh, trailer or van or whatever. Because if we give it, wherever we go, our needs are met. Isn't that awesome? Wherever we go. What about the people that are going to be fleeing the beast and all of what he's about to do? What about them? Are they going to be able to pack it with them? Well, you're a pretty big target if you do that right, of course. So we need a God that will supply us out of our heavenly bank wherever we go and have our needs met for the seven years of famine which are coming upon the world. And uh, a time when the money that you've saved up won't be worth anything if you don't spend it. You know, there will be an opportune time for you to make money with money. But if you store it up, you're not going to make it. Uh, There's an opportune time that if you don't have your cash in the bank, when they close the banks down and you got the cash, well, then you've got something, right? But just hang on to it for just a little bit too long. And you not only have lost the opportunity to be a blessing to a lot of people, but also you've come under the curse, right? So be a blessing everywhere you go. Give, meet the needs of others everywhere you go. Bless God's people whatsoever you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. So how do you give to God? By giving to his people, even the least of his people, meeting the needs, both, like I said, physical and spiritual, because getting the gospel out is a spiritual need that they have. Understanding what we're reading right here is a terrible need. You won't be poverty-stricken If you know this, your needs will be met wherever you go. Will you have lots of things? You probably won't want them because you will want to be free, not bound under the mammon of this world where your heart shouldn't be, right? Be free. Be light. This is a good time to get light because you may have to move. You may have to move quickly. And some people, because of what they've got uh, on slabs on this earth, are not going to move because they don't want what they have to be plundered. And, And since they won't move, they'll be taken out. So I tell you, we need to be light, light, ready to move. Turn loose of anything that God has put in your hands. Turn loose of it. He's got plenty more of it. He can give it to you everywhere you go. Don't let these things cost you your life. If God says give it up and go here or go there, do it. Do it quickly. Because some people are going to hesitate because of their mammon. And they're going to get taken out. Amen. Well, Father, we ask you, uh, Lord, you showed us that David was after God's own heart. Lord, let us all be that way. Let us all be after your heart, Lord. Because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord, we don't want to be bound to this stuff, this trash that's all going to burn up. We want to be free to follow you, whithersoever you go, as the Bible says. And Lord, that's freedom and that's joy, and we don't have to look back and worry about what we left behind, and you know, we've had dreams about people uh, leaving the coastline. But they looked back and hurried back to take care of their things, and in comes a tidal wave and takes them out. So, you know, this. Is, what is this saying? You know, you, you can't be tied to anything on this earth. Father, let us be free. Give us the freedom that we need and the love that we need to scatter abroad, as you said, so that our righteousness, you know, is forever. That's what we want, Lord. We, we would like to give up something we can't possibly keep to gain something that we can never ever lose in other words transfer our bank account from this old stinking earth this ball of mud into heavenly places in christ jesus and my god shall supply your every need according to his riches in glory is what your word says lord lord let your people really really believe that you know it's your promises lord are only to the believers Boy, there is some powerful words that we've read here today and some powerful promises that we've read here today, Lord, and let your people realize they need to be free. They need to have an eye that is single on the things and the kingdom of God and not on the things of this earth, an eye that is single. Father, thank you for drawing us unto yourself. We don't count anything as from ourselves. Lord, we know that it all comes from you by grace through faith. So give us your gift of faith, Lord, so that we can walk away from things when necessary or give them to somebody in need when necessary so that we're free. We're free. And, Lord, there's nothing we can give that you can't multiply back. Nothing. And, Lord, let your people have that faith and confidence. Lord, I know that this is for people who have a clean conscience. They have forgiven others. They have obeyed your word. And they know that you're for them and not against them. They know that you'll take care of them. They know that you'll supply their every need according to your riches and glory. They know this because they have a clean conscience. Lord, I pray that everyone out there will obey you. that will obey your word so that they can have faith. You said, if our heart condemns us not, we have boldness towards God. Amen. And whatsoever we ask of you, we receive. So, Lord, that's what we need. Boldness in faith towards God. Bless us, Lord. Grant us repentance and help us give up the things of this world. Desire only you, Father, and only your will, and only to be in your will everywhere that we go. We ask for this gift, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, good night, saints. Bless you. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post Office Box 23-1616, 16, 16, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. can quench my thirsting soul, pure as water, make me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. Oh, Your mercy stands and Your word is true. Oh Jesus, I trust in You. And when I face that darkest night. Be my guiding light, the shining rays of red and white. Jesus, I trust in you.